Hello, and if it's not too early to be saying it, Merry Christmas! Welcome to the Christmas episode of Ukulele Tales, the ukulele podcast hosted by me, John Atkins, aka the ukulele teacher on YouTube. I hope you've enjoyed the first month or so of this podcast. I've certainly had lots and lots and lots of fun doing it. And if this is your first time checking it out, then welcome. And be sure to go back and have a good look through the archive. We're only a couple of episodes in, but already we've started as we mean to go on with a feature length chat with James Hill. And since then, we've had Bernadette Teachers Music, Tyler from Ten Thumbs Pro, and also a look behind the scenes at the Ukulele Kids Club, which is an incredible charity that does great work providing ukuleles and music therapy to sick children all over the world. But what with it being Christmas, I wanted to bring out the big guns, and it really doesn't get much bigger than this. Back in the summer, I was up at Gnuff, the Grand Northern Ukulele Festival in Huddersfield, and I had the chance to meet up with none other than Jake Shimabakuru, and what a great guy he was. I know I feel like I've said this about just about everyone I've spoken to, but he really was just such an incredibly nice guy and so, so humble. He was also incredibly accommodating. We'd been planning on chatting a lot earlier in the evening, but he was travelling across the country by car and had basically spent most of the day stuck in traffic, not arriving in Huddersfield until gone 10 o'clock. However, he was still very, very happy to chat with me as soon as he arrived. He was such a warm person who really, really cares about the ukulele community. He was also incredibly knowledgeable about it and was genuinely looking forward to watching and catching up with so many other players who were there that weekend. A big thank you to Jake's tour manager, Brett, for being so accommodating. And also a huge thank you, too, to Mary Agnes Krell, the head honcho of the Grand Northern Ukulele Festival, for making this interview possible in the first place. Just to let you know, I think it's perfectly listenable, but as Jake was just about to set off on a UK tour, he needed to wear a mask for the interview. So if it does sound ever so slightly muffled in places, that is the reason why. But like I say, I've cleaned it up as much as I can, and personally, I think it sounds just fine. I will be back in a bit to talk about your plans for Christmas and where the ukulele fits into that. But for now, here's part one of my interview with Jake Shimabakuru. So did you guys just fly in today? No, no, but we drove up from Brighton. Brighton? Yeah. That is literally the other side of the country. <laughs> yeah. Man, how long did that take you? Well, it was supposed to take five hours. It ended up taking about seven and a half. Yeah. Yeah, because there's so much traffic. Yeah. It's because the weather's been so beautiful. You know, our yeah. liaison was yeah. saying that it's, you know, everyone's trying to get out of town because it's so nice. Yeah. No, same for me. Um, yesterday I came up on the train and... That was like a six or seven hour journey and it's just a nightmare. I don't know about where you come from, but in this country, if it's ever sunny, people just lose their minds. And they, <laughs> want to, they want to do stuff. So, uh, yeah. So where did you come from? I mean, you're touring the UK at the moment. Where did you fly over from? Um, so we, so I live in, in Hawaii, in Honolulu. And, uh, but before, prior to coming to the UK, we had a few shows on the East Coast. Okay. So in New York. So we actually flew up to London from... Uh, we flew up from Newark. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's not too bad. Five hours oh, or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was kind of nice. You know, we broke up the trip a little bit rather than going straight from Honolulu to London. That would be you a know, killer. Yeah. We kind of got to acclimate a little bit. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize because I've done a lot of traveling around the USA uh -huh. and it, I didn't realize I was like, oh, I should probably go to Hawaii while I'm in L.A. 
how far mm. can it be? <laughs> and it's still like another six or seven hours on the plane, isn't it? I think. Yeah, about six hours. Yeah. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so um, I guess you sort of became. I mean, you were doing well, but you became like super famous when your video of "While My Guitar Gently Weeps" became like a viral sensation in two thousand six. Yeah, that was the catalyst, you know, for me that just kind of uh, um, started a touring career for me, you know, because be- prior to that I was playing mainly in, in Hawaii and I was playing in Japan, but not really outside of that. Um, I, I signed a, my first big record deal with a Japanese label, it was Sony Music Japan, and so that's why I was spending a lot of time there. But it wasn't until 2005 I, I was doing this, uh, I was doing a show in New York City and um, and before the show, I I, I had done a, a little interview for a for a local TV station uh, for a program called Ukulele Disco, mm. and this was in 2005. So the YouTube was just starting out around that time, and someone had took a clip from this TV show and put it on YouTube, and it went viral, and that's what kind of opened up all these doors for me. And you didn't know anything about it, right? No, like, yeah. no, I didn't. Yeah. yeah, I was I was just very lucky, just fortunate, and in the right place at the right time. Yeah, well, that's that's incredible. And since then, you've been recording and touring ever since. Yes. Right? Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, but you were making waves before then a bit. I mean, you said you were recording in Japan a lot and mm. Hawaii. Um, so how did you get started on the uke? Uh, was it something from childhood or? Um, yeah, my mom got me into it. You know, my mom played, and so when I was about four years old, she sat me down and taught me a few chords, and I just loved it. But also growing up in Hawaii. You know, it's such a big part of the culture, and you you see it and hear it everywhere. So, for me, it was just kind of a, a natural thing, you know, to want to pick it up and play it. And and uh, one of my biggest inspirations for playing the ukulele was a man named Otasan. Uh-huh. Um, he uh, he recorded. I mean, gosh, I don't know how many records. I think he recorded like 80 records, oh, if wow. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, but he was uh, really such a virtuoso, and, and he um, he really inspired me to wanna to play it and and um, to kind of push myself on the instrument. Yeah, yeah. Because you do some amazing um, arrangements of songs, uh, like the Bohemian Rhapsody is one of my favorites of, of oh, the things thank that you do. No, I, I, it's yeah. really incredible. How long does it take you to um, to arrange something like that? Oh, gosh. I mean it. You know, you, you kind of arrange it, and then for a, pe- for a period of time, it keeps evolving, you know, because the more you play it, you, you think, oh, well, maybe I can add this, or, oh, I don't like the way this voicing sounds, I'm going to change this. Or, so you're, you're always tweaking it, you know. I mean, even, even now, I mean, I've been playing it for several years now, but still, you know, there are nights where, I, where I'll play something and think, oh, I wonder if it would sound better if I did this, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and that one was a little different. Uh, for, for me, the the approach anyway, because I, I kind of wanted to stay pretty true to the original, as far as like structure and things like that. You know, with uh, uh, with other with other songs when I'm arranging them, sometimes I I, I am um, you know I, I take liberties with the with the structure and the yeah. form and and you know and as long as I play the melody. Um, as as close to the original as I can, you know, at least once, right, for whatever section, then I then I'll take liberties, you know, with the with the second go around or yeah. the third go yeah. around, and try to do some uh, 
um, just embellishments on it and all of that. Yeah, but with Bohemian Rhapsody, I, I tried to to stay true to the um, to the harmony and the the melody and definitely the form. Yeah, and and it was it's kind of neat because uh, um, prior to the pandemic, it, it kind of became a, a kind of a sing along, you know, <laughs> during our during our shows and stuff. So that was that was uh, that was kind of neat. Yeah, it's funny you should say that actually because um, I was listening to it again just now and I was sort of thinking, there's no way he can do this bit. Like this guitar solo, he's got to skip that or he's got to have to like sort of, you know, uh, fiddle this bit a little bit. But you, like you said, you just keep the form 100%. It's uh, really, I don't know, really special actually. Oh, thank you so, very much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, thank you. You just mentioned the pandemic. Um, I mean, I've been talking to loads of people recently and I feel like it's hit a lot of people in the same way, particularly sort of performing musicians like yourself. Um, how how did it affect you? What what has what has yeah. changed for you? What happened? Well, it was yeah. I mean, I mean, for just like just like a lot of other people in different professions and stuff, you know, like our, I mean, everything just got canceled, right? And, yeah. And uh, and in the beginning, I remember a lot of us didn't realize how long it was going to be. You know, we just thought maybe a couple months. Right. I remember that uh, everyone thought that summer of 2020 would be all back we'd be back at it oh, already yeah. right yeah. so you know um but yeah it, it's you know i think i think every every family every community you know every individual has had their own set of challenges right and yeah. um but man i'm so grateful to be back performing in front of a live audience again um having people come together you know through music uh, yeah it's just yeah. been so powerful and and something I'll never take for granted again, you know, because right. I don't think prior to March of 2020, any of us imagined that, you know, all of these music events and festivals and things like that, uh, you know, I mean, of course, there's so many other things, but um, but just talking about, um, about music and the arts, right? I mean, you know, orchestras having to not not be able to to play their instrument in, yeah. in public yeah. and especially like i remember when they were saying uh like people play woodwinds and you know horns and like that right. they, they're yeah. they didn't know if they'd be ever be able to play in an orchestra again yeah. you know because of the the breath and you know and, and the breathing that they have to do when they're playing and singers singers couldn't sing without a mask and it was like wow i mean that's so heartbreaking for you know for a lot of artists that you know, I mean, some some people they do it because they they have to. It's not it's not a job. It's not you know, but it's such a that's how they express right themselves yeah, and yeah. how they connect you yeah. know with the with everything. So yeah, it was uh, to you know for to see people kind of getting back and being able to perform again, but then also seeing music and art supporters and you know these audiences coming back and. You know, you just see how emotional people get. I mean, our first show, our, our first few shows back. I mean, I remember the uh, after the first song, man, I just kind of broke down. You know, it was just wow. it was so powerful. And you, and as far as all the people I could see in the front row and the ushers, and I mean, everyone was in tears. I mean, it was like their first, our first experience. You know, coming back. Yeah. To yeah. Uh, and it's not just about the music. I mean, just coming back as a community, right? right. Coming Seeing back. Seeing other people again. Yeah, yeah. You know. I mean, that's just so beautiful. So, yeah. yeah so I'm I'm excited. I, I'm so happy for, for uh, for Mary Agnes and and her crew and the whole Grand Northern Ukulele Festival. You know, because 
they're um, you know they're they're back in person and celebrating music, celebrating the ukulele, you know, celebrating this incredible community of people, this diverse people who just embrace you yeah. know the the ukulele, and it's yeah. just beautiful to see. No, that's great. Um, so what did you personally sort of do during the ukulele? Were you recording or writing or? I was, yeah, I was. Um, spending a lot of time in the studio. I have a little home studio, okay. so I was doing a lot of recordings and kind of writing and things like that. But, um, but to be honest, you know, I was, I, 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 w I have two kids, right? So, right, yeah. um, so we, were, uh, we were doing a lot of uh, homeschooling and remote learning. And uh, so that, that was, uh, you know, that was uh, something that, that kept me quite busy, yeah. you know, during the, during the day. But it was, um, you know, I just, uh, I think, I, I think it's. Um, I mean, having kids, you know, you try, you just try to do whatever you can, right, to to protect them, keep them safe, yeah. and yeah. you know, do whatever you need to do for your family. So, um, yeah. So How old a, are they? Sorry, sorry. Uh, my kids are now nine and seven. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, you know, I think uh, we we're very fortunate and. You know, I feel so fortunate to be here, and um, so uh, you know, just uh, looking forward to you know, to things coming, getting back to normal, and and uh, you know, we can uh, continue to to uh, to come together like this, and yeah. and you know, celebrate celebrate uh, life. Oh, terrific. What a great guy. And how lovely to hear some genuine emotion when Jake was talking about coming out of the other side of COVID and particularly how important the ukulele was in bringing people together again. You know, I've just remembered that when we finished the interview, and bear in mind, this must have been well after 11 o'clock at night, after we'd been in the car for most of the day, we were sitting in the hotel bar where we'd been recording and a fan came up to Jake with a ukulele in hand and asked if he could just get a few tips as he was trying to learn one of Jake's songs, and there were a few bits that he was unsure of. Well, Jake could not have been nicer to the guy. He listened to him play, critiqued him, and offered him advice about technique and everything. And he seemed like genuinely happy and, and excited to be doing it. I'm sure it made that guy's day, and it certainly made me realise just what a great guy Jake is too. Again, Jake had been in a car since first thing in the morning. He'd been stuck in English traffic for most of that time. And then he'd been interviewed by me... And then when he'd be well within his rights to just want to go to bed and get some sleep, he starts giving a personal one-on-one -on -one masterclass to one of his supporters. Amazing. What a cool guy. So thanks, Jake, for sparing the time to speak with me here. And we will get back to part two of your interview in a moment. I just want to say very quickly that there's a few ways that you can support this podcast if you're enjoying it and want to see it carry on. Firstly, if you have a ukulele community or ukulele-loving friends yourself, please share the word and let them know about it. The more people that listen to Ukulele Tales, the easier it'll be for me to find sponsorship for the show to help it carry on going. Secondly, if you can subscribe so that the episodes download to your device as soon as they come out, that would be really great too. And if you're listening on a platform that asks for reviews or five stars or whatever it is, please try and give the show a little thumbs up if you can. And thirdly, if you really like what I'm doing and you want to support Ukulele Tales, then please take a look at my Patreon page, patreon.com slash Uke teacher and sign up to support me just a couple of pounds or a couple of dollars a month if you can afford it only only if you can afford it this is a free podcast and i'd love for it to remain that way but if you can spare a couple of pounds a month 
then I would appreciate it. There will be a dedicated podcast here in the new year. But for now, whatever level you sign up at, you will get all of the podcast stuff. And that already includes a bonus 10 minutes with both James Hill and Tyler Ten Thumbs, as well as other behind-the-scenes stuff that might drop as well, like polls or suggestions for future guests, or even the chance to ask questions yourself. So check out patreon.com slash uteacher and sign up for some great bonus content. Uh, as you might know by now, I love getting you guys involved in the show. And this week, I asked you where you're playing your ukuleles this Christmas. I'll be back after the remainder of Jake's interview to read out some of the answers you sent in. But for next week, I want to know what are your New Year's resolutions? But we'll talk more about that later on. Right now, though, here's part two of my interview with Jake Shimabukuru. Yeah, you mentioned the GNU Festival, which is where we're recording this now. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts about playing at festivals? Is that something you enjoy doing? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, well, the thing I love most about the festivals is, is it brings, uh, it 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 there's a there's a, a very intense energy, right? Especially when it's a specific festival like an ukulele festival. Um, I grew up playing at the Roy Sukuma Ukulele Festival in in Hawaii, now known as the Ukulele Festival of Hawaii. You know, they've been around. I think this is their 52nd, you know, uh, year doing it. But um, but I played there when I was a kid. And what I love about it is it brings so many people together who just players and non-players, but just people who love the instrument, right? So when you're around when you're around people that that share the same passion uh, as you, you know, it's it's very infectious. It's uh, it's such a positive. Um, there's such a positive energy and it's kind of like I guess I, I guess like um, I don't know like anything else like if you if you love comics and things like that you go to comic-con or you know any kind of convention where it's something that revolves around something that you're very passionate about you know to all suddenly be be uh, thrown into a, a, a room or a community with people who share the same passion you know it's just it's so um uh it's so exciting you know so i I love being here i love uh love everything about the festival and i love just hearing all the incredibly talented musicians that come and share their gift you know with, with everyone so and the nice thing about this festival is it allows um even the artists that are performing it gives us the opportunity to kind of hear everybody too because a lot of times you play at festivals and if you're an artist playing you know you kind of do your set and you don't really get to see the other musicians you know but the way that Ganuf is set up um, you know you have the opportunity to experience everyone's uh, everyone's performance so that way you know you don't only have the experience as a player but you also have the experience as an audience member yeah and you know sometimes that to me is uh, is you know even more inspiring so is there anyone you're looking forward to checking out uh this weekend oh yeah so there's a uh, taimani gardner you know yeah. she's she's from hawaii as well so i'm looking forward to her set you know she's so gifted um such an incredible player but also just a wonderful composer and and uh performer writer so um looking forward to her performance because I, I know she has a new band with her that she hasn't played with before uh andy eastwood you yeah know, right he's he's just amazing so brilliant um his technique is just so incredible so i'm looking forward to his show um you know phil dolman will be playing he does just kind of 
he's so diverse, right? Such mm -hmm. a diverse player, plays all kinds of music. Um, who else am I? I mean, there's, gosh, there, there's so many people. I don't want to leave anybody out. No. But, but uh, yeah, I, I, but um, but definitely, you know, just uh, just everyone that's performed. I think, I think, um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that Petey Mac will be is is here too i'm, I'm not oh, sure I'm not if, sure if he is, is but so you know but he usually leads all the jam sessions yeah. and the sing-alongs um so yeah so hopefully uh uh oh uh peter luongo oh too. yeah oh yeah. he's so yeah. brilliant man i mean yeah. he's just such a uh you know what he's done for the ukulele too especially in the ensemble type of performance and you know he's just so fantastic so yeah so it's it's a nice kind of a, a nice uh for a lot of the performers i know it's a, it's an awesome you know reunion kind of get together for all of us to catch up and see each other and um i'm, I'm just really looking forward to it like I, you know i just i literally just got here like a, like not even an hour ago yeah so yeah. we just arrived and uh so i ran into a few friends um but uh i'm just looking forward to catching up with everyone tomorrow great great did you it's funny you mentioned um phil dolman and peter mm -hmm. longi um they're both doing workshops here. They're both sort of teachers as well as performers. Yeah. Do you oh. do much in the way of teaching? Um, I will be doing. I, w I will be doing a uh, a class while I'm here. But yeah. But I'm I'm so green compared to them. You know, they've been doing it so long, and you know, the, like doing workshops and things like yeah. that. You know, it's, it's very new to me. I mean, I I used to have a school, but it was years ago, and it, and I uh, it was it was uh, back in when did I. I had a school back in 1999, I think oh, 2000, wow. yeah. you know, um, and and that's because I, I love I love teaching. I love in fact, be, in fact, before I even thought that I was going to go into um, making music, you know, a, 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 a profession or, or going to it professionally, I, I, I thought I was going to go into education. Mm. You know, I didn't really have the confidence to be a musician. Um, so I wanted to go into education because I love working with kids and I thought that the ukulele would be the perfect instrument to use in the classroom, you know, to kind of inspire the kids or keep them engaged. So I, I always knew that I would be playing because it was my passion, but I just never thought that I would be able to make a career of it. Oh, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so I do, I do love being in a, in a environment or a setting where I have the opportunity to kind of try to teach something or try to, uh, especially like, I love working with beginners, like people who've never touched the instrument before, because, um, you know, especially people who don't think they can play the ukulele. Yeah. I, I love being able to, to sit with them and teach them something, something simple. And then they find that they can do it. And then just that how they light up and they're like oh my gosh i'm actually playing you know so i like I, I love that feeling it's it's so it's so fulfilling and and joyful and um and i remember that because that's that's the feeling i, I get every time you know I, I pick up the instrument you know especially when i'm working on something and i and i can't quite do it but then that moment when you can do it and it's just you know that that joy that you feel yeah that breakthrough yeah, yeah. it's it's so it's so wonderful you know it's and um, and just the feeling that you get when you're able to play an instrument, you know. I mean, it's one thing to listen to to music and it moves you and 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 impacts you in such a uh, tremendous way. But when you're actually able to 
hold an instrument and play it and make the music yourself too. You know, there's something, there's something else that happens that I think is, uh, you know, is um, can have, uh, I don't know, just a lot of um, benefits. You know, whether it's whether it's uh, for some people maybe you know emotionally can be very healing. You know, uh, mentally can be very stimulating. Can help to relieve whatever stressful day you've had. Um, physically, it's, it's just good for your body, good for your fingers, keeps your fingers nimble. And I think, uh, and I think socially too, the one thing that's, that's nice about ukulele players is, is uh, they have a tendency to wanna um, uh, play with other people yeah. who play yeah. the ukulele, right? Yeah. So you have a lot of these ukulele jam sessions that you don't, see very often with um with other instruments you know unless like it's it's like an organized right, thing right. but you know with the ukulele it's it's very informal very casual but you see people getting together all the time to play and they form their own clubs and their own societies and organizations and then they use their uh their community and resources you know to do amazing things in the community whether it's like going to the local hospitals and playing for the kids or playing at senior centers mm -hmm. and things like that and so I, I it's 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 been such a common uh theme that i've been that i've been experiencing you know in my travels and going to all these different cities with all these different ukulele clubs it just it blows me away and it's humbling and uh and i just i just love seeing that yeah, amazing. Uh, so just completely changing the subject. Um, one of my patrons was messaging me the other day, and they told me that they had one of your Shima ukuleles. Oh, uh -huh. uh, yeah. Is that something? And I, I actually had no idea that that was something you guys you had done, or you and your brother were, mm. were doing. Is that something you're still sort of working on? Yeah, it was. It was. It's. Uh, it's more my brother's project, but um, but it was something that that he had started, and you know, he he always wanted to to kind of make ukuleles. And for me, I I do a lot of. Um, I work with a lot of nonprofits, and so um, so one of the things that that I like doing because of my connection with the ukulele, you know, I love using the ukulele to uh, you know to kind of help support right other other nonprofits, whether they're music oriented or even even like um, like I've got to I've had the opportunity to work with um, uh, like you know like the Autism Society of Hawaii. And you see how ukuleles just kind of help these kids, you know, and these just, I mean, just incredible. I mean, it's like, it just helps them to, to come out of their shell and it makes such a positive impact, you know, on them. Um, and then also uh, working with like the local libraries, you know, in Hawaii. And we started up uh, with a friend of mine. Uh, he has an organization called Music for Life. So he... Um, we uh, we were able to start up a an ukulele lending program mm -hmm. in all the libraries across the state of Hawaii. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, you know, yeah. so like those kinds of things, you know, where it, it allows me to. I'm doing that, okay? Oh yeah, we're doing good. Yeah, thank thank you. you. It allows me to uh, to use these ukuleles, you know, to 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 donate right to these organizations so that they can use them, you know, for their cause. And uh, so it's it's been great. I've been partnering with my brother on that. He's been very supportive and and helping me you know with with these things and and i don't know there's just something about the the instrument i think that that just um makes you want to okay.
do something positive, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and do something good. So that's been that's been really nice, and I I'm I'm hoping that we can just you know continue. Uh, yeah, to, uh, to me, there's just something about ukuleles that just kind of uh, it seems to kind of bring out that I don't know that 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 side of people, you know, like where it just kind of makes you wanna. Want to do something, do something good, you know, do something for your community, or because um, I, I mean, I've and I can't explain it, but I've, I've seen it, you know, firsthand, like with so many ukulele clubs, you know, all, all across. I mean, not not just not just in in the U.S. or the U.K., but you know, all over the world. It's it's amazing how this little instrument has impacted so many communities. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. very very humbling, and yeah. I've just. Uh, you know, I, I can't explain it, but I'm just I'm I'm so uh, so honored to to be a part of it. You know? Yeah. Now, recently, you've done a lot of collabs with people. I mean, mm -hmm. you even had an album of collabs out last year. Was that last year? I think. Yes. Yeah. Well, some... it came out in uh, was it twenty twenty one? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Last year. And yeah. there were some amazing people on that. Uh, Bette Midler, Willie Nelson, um, Ziggy Marley, mm. Amy Grant. Do I like? But yeah. I like lots of. Like really, really exciting names, and um, I guess not people you often associate with ukulele as well. Some of the people, anyway. Mm -hmm. um, how how did this come about? How did these collabs come about? Yeah, so we uh, we started this project maybe about four four years ago. So it was before the pandemic, um, and I had never done a collaborative record before, you know. And my manager had mentioned it to me, saying you should do a duets record, you know. And so I was like, okay. So it kind of made sense to reach out to artists. That I've already that I already had a relationship with, or that I worked with, you know. So like Bette Midler, you mentioned. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. The first time I came to the UK was with Bette. So oh, we right. came, uh, yeah, we came up in 2010, and we both performed for the Royal Variety performance oh, okay. in Blackpool, yeah, England. Yeah. And it was such a such an amazing experience. You know, we performed, and then afterwards we both got to meet Queen Elizabeth. You're kidding? Yeah, so I got to wow. shake her hand and talk with her. I mean, it was just mind-blowing. So. Did she say any, Did she say anything? Did you say anything well, to her? Well, or? yeah, I mean, all she said was, she said, oh, your ukulele playing was so beautiful, mm. and so I just kept saying, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> it's such an honor. I mean, that's all can, yeah. that can yeah. come out of your mouth, right? Yeah. You're just like, oh, thank you, thank you, and I'm just bowing profusely, so. Uh, but yeah, it was beautiful, you know, and, and I, uh, and so, yeah, so that was my first time. So, you know, reaching out to Bet was, uh, was kind of a natural thing because we had worked together before, um, along with like Jimmy Buffett, Jack Johnson. Oh, Jack Johnson, yeah, that was another yeah, good one, yeah. Um, who else was on there that I worked with? It was Ziggy Marley. Um, so these were, these were musicians I worked with before. Will, uh, Willie Nelson was actually the first artist to record with me, and we did... Um, we did, uh, what did we, Stardust, we did Stardust. And, uh, and I had never worked with him before, but one of my good friends, Ray Benson, who's also on the record, he co-produced this record with me, and he and Willie are super close. So uh, when, when he agreed to work with me on this record, he called Willie, and uh, Willie was like, oh man, yeah, I'm totally in. So we met in the studio like a couple months later, recorded Stardust live, and it was like the second take and that was it. Oh wow! So yeah. that was the first thing we cut, you know, for this yeah. project. You so, recorded it live, so yeah. Oh yeah, wow. yeah. So okay. everything was recorded live. The only two that wasn't recorded live was um, John Anderson, because it was during the pandemic, so we had to record remotely. Yeah. And Ziggy Marley. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and Jimmy Buffett. Sorry, those those three. Um, 
Yeah, those those three, and then everything else was all recorded live, and they're all live takes. Wow, that's amazing. So, yeah, you know, we tried to do it like old school style. You yeah. Know? yeah, that's incredible. And you've also done some collabs, um, not just on that album, but with other people as well. I met the guy at Nam about two weeks ago, Vince. Um, I can't remember the name of his band, but you did the Led Zeppelin cover. Oh yeah, him, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, he's from Hawaii. I oh, mean, yeah, right. Of course. Yeah, yeah Vince yeah. and I know, you yeah. know each other from a long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he's he's amazing. He's uh, he plays in a band called Kanekoa. Oh, that's it. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. yeah, so when they were working on their new record during the pandemic, he called me. He was like, "Hey, would you, you know, record record on one of the tracks?" I was like, "Yeah, of course, sure." So I got to we recorded. Uh, they sent me. Um, yeah, it was a Led Zeppelin tune. So so I I played over that one and then. Uh, and um yeah and i think they're the album's out so, yeah, yeah yeah he actually gave me a copy of it on the cd oh okay, but uh, right. i don't have a cd player oh yeah, so yeah i haven't, I haven't really heard it yet. who has a cd player exactly yeah, right? yeah 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 um but that's great and that's one of those things i would say sort of unlike bohemian rhapsody where you're sort of playing it like note for note kind of that's one of those songs i honestly when i heard it i didn't even realize it was a cover i was sort of thinking there's something familiar about this song but i can't <laughs> place it and i was like oh yeah of course it's the led zeppelin song but that's one of those ones where you sort of completely gave it your own um, take, your own sort of feel. Yeah, they, they just, you know, they, they really, um, you know, they're, they're so, uh, you know, they're, they're so creative. Like, I, 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 love, I love their arrangements and things like that. You know, they do such, a, such a, uh, an amazing job at taking a, a song um, and then delivering it in a way that, I think captures you know their essence and, and who they and who they are right as a group. So it's uh, yeah. So it was great. So they uh, so we couldn't record it live together you know because yeah. it was during the pandemic as well. But so they sent me the track and I now it's very similar to you. I listened to it. I was like oh wait is this the song I'm yeah. thinking of right? Yeah. And I was, I was like, like oh, sort of yeah, okay. it. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah. So yeah. but yeah they change up the the groove and and it's kind of got a neat little almost like an island vibe right. to it. Yeah yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Cool. Uh, okay, just a few more questions then, if that's okay, and then we'll sort of wrap it up, okay. I guess. Um, have you got any advice for players, people starting or people playing at the moment? Oh, yeah. I mean, gosh, there's, you know, I, I guess it just depends on, on what you want to do. But I, I, my my biggest thing, like whenever, um, you know, I work with people that, that are, are learning the instrument, I always just tell them, you know, just just in, enjoy, you know, have have fun when, when you're playing. Um, and... And I, I always like to be very intentional, right, with, with everything that I do. So, like, when I, when I pick up the instrument, you know, I, I, try to be, I try to be aware of, like, why I'm picking it up, you know. It's like, am I, am I, am I like, right now, like, when I pick it up and play, am I just playing because I just want to relax and just kind of, like, you know, just kind of want a little escape, right, from whatever is going on or... Am I playing? Am I picking it up now because I'm trying to learn something? I'm trying to work on something, right? Or you know, so so just be very very intentional, um, because I, I I think that that helps. And then when you when you have like a like a like a goal in mind, or if you know what what your what what your intentions are, then when you put the instrument away, you feel like you accomplished something. Yeah, you know, and that that always makes me feel good. So like, if I pick up the ukulele and I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna work on holding this one chord where I can go to it, you know, quicker and not 
trip over my fingers, right. you know, then by the end of that practice session, if I can do it better than I did before I picked it up, I feel good, right? Or if, or if the goal is, or the intent is just to pick it up because, oh, I just, just need some, just need a little getaway, you know, so I'll pick it up and just play. And then at the end of that, if I feel better, I'm like, oh yeah, I feel better. Then when you put it away, you're like, oh yeah, that was great. You know, I, I feel much better now. So I think just, just be very intentional, you know, with, with, uh, with, your, with what you're doing. Brilliant. Okay. And um, do you have any thoughts about uh, like the ukulele on social media, things like TikTok and stuff? Do you think people really can learn from a sort of 15 second video? Uh, do you think it has a value? Do you do, you do it oh. yourself? Do you like it? Yeah, no, I think so. There's a great advantage to it. Like when I was learning ukulele when I was a kid, I mean, we didn't have these things, right? And so, um, you know, so it, it was tough to figure out how to do stuff and I, I share I share this story with people because uh, like usually when I perform when I perform like a flamenco inspired piece I talk about Carlos Montoya a lot because he was a huge inspiration for me he was a the legendary flamenco guitarist and and back when I used to listen to his recordings it was on a cassette tape so I would play the tape and then I would hear like this percussive I, I'd hear someone playing percussion and then I would hear someone strumming the guitar and someone picking the guitar so because I was just listening to the recording, I, I didn't have any, there was no video of him doing what he was doing. I, I thought Carlos Montoya was a three-piece band. Right. So I thought there was someone yeah. playing percussion, someone strumming the guitar, someone picking the guitar. So in my head, I thought these were three separate people doing this. And, uh, and then, uh, then later on, someone told me, no, that's just him. You know, he's doing the percussion thing on the body of the guitar and then he's strumming and while he's strumming he's picking you know like all this stuff so so when i discovered that then the image in my head completely shifted right yeah and then i started trying to imagine like whoa how is he doing that you know with his hands so so that's when i started um trying different things you know with my hands to capture that sound that i was that i was hearing but then later on uh you know much later i i saw a video of him why well, I, I i got I saw videos of other, of other flamenco guitar players. And I realized, oh, I'm doing the strumming all wrong. That's huh. not how they do it, you know. But you know, you just kind of find your own way. You hear a sound, and you're like, what's the best way that I can try to um, emulate that sound, right? So you do different things with your fingers. So, um, so in in retrospect, you know, if I had seen a video, or if there was YouTube back then, and I could see a video of him playing right and doing yeah. what he's doing I, I probably would have been able to to learn that a lot quicker. yeah right yeah I hadn't so, thought of it like that yeah you know yeah. so I I think that you know like these these uh like things like YouTube and the internet I think it's a it's an awesome resource you know for for people to to learn you know to um to uh I mean gosh like it, I mean, most songs now, if there's a song that you want to learn, you can just look it up on the internet and there will be someone, there will be a video that will show you exactly how to play yeah. the song or the riff yeah. or the lick, you know, whatever it is. So it's, uh, it's, it's pretty incredible. I mean, you just have, uh, you, have all, all, you have such an incredible resource of, of teachers and knowledge and information, you know, out there on pretty much anything you want to learn, you know, even yeah. if it's plumbing or basic carpentry or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah so it, yeah. it's 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 awesome brilliant okay so last question i guess jake is um what's next for you and how can people follow you how can they sort of stay uh stay in the loop with you yeah i just um you know we're getting 
back to touring again and doing shows. So, um, and uh, I, I've been, you know, during the pandemic, I started a lot of projects, uh, like a, a lot of new recording projects that that I didn't quite finish. So I'm going to try to finish them, you know, because we started touring again. So I, I couldn't finish a lot of these projects. So I'm trying to um, trying to find that balance now, you know. So now that we're back on the road. When I go home, I try to spend some time in the studio. But yeah, but I, I definitely, I think I have like three or four records right now that yeah. I'm working on at the same time, whereas before it was only working on one album at a time, right? So I think I have like these four projects right now that I'm trying to juggle. And uh, but but I, I'm so grateful to be playing, you know, and, and touring again because this is my pa my passion is is performing in front of an audience. You know, I love yeah. that that connection because it's a rush right you, you can't you can't the 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 feeling that you get when you're in a room full of people who are who are sharing this experience with you like that energy you know it's a there's a synergistic thing that happens and and you can only get that you know when you're in a uh, in a group setting right because you all you kind of elevate each other right so so that that's that's what I love because I in, in these concert settings, I'm able to to feel and experience something that I that I can't I can't get on my own, you know, and yeah. we can't achieve on our own. So, yeah. and that's that's the power of, of of live live music, you know, live concerts, and and uh, so I'm I'm just I, I so I'm just so thankful to to be able to experience that once again. Yeah, yeah. And how can people stay in touch? Is it a, a Twitter or a mailing list or Instagram or something? Yeah, so I uh, I have um, I have a Facebook page and a um, Instagram page and uh, and and even a TikTok page. Oh, you, you do know, have a TikTok? I, yeah, Excellent. yeah. Okay. So I I try to I try to put as much content out as I can, you know. Yeah. But it's 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 hard to keep up sometimes, you know. Yeah. Uh, but um, but yeah, it's fun. Every once in a while, when I when I think of um, if I come across something that I think oh maybe somebody might enjoy this I'll, I'll post it yeah cool Jake thank you so much it's been brilliant thank yeah, you very much thank you I appreciate thank you. it thank you so much for having me thank you again what can I say just an absolute pleasure thank you Jake and thanks again to Brett his manager and Mary Agnes Krell of Gnuff for making that whole thing possible and how about that? Jake met the Queen. That's pretty cool, isn't it? I wonder if any of my other guests can say that. You know, I actually have a feeling that one of them can. But we'll be finding out more about that in the new year. Talking of the new year, I want to ask you a question. What are your New Year's resolutions for 2023? Are you going to resolve to play for 20 minutes every single day? Or perhaps you've decided you're not going to buy any more ukuleles? Maybe you're going to set yourself the goal of performing live, perhaps by entering a talent show or playing at your church. Let me know what you've got planned for next year, and I will read out some of the best answers next week. Again, you can find me anywhere, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And of course, the best way to get in touch with me is a DM on my Patreon page, patreon.com slash uketeacher. Last week, I asked you where you would be playing your ukuleles this Christmas. Personally, I ended up taking my ukulele down to the Moreland Road Community Library in Bath with the Bath Ukulele Group, and we played about a dozen or so songs for the locals. This was my first time playing with the Bath Ukulele Group, as I've only just discovered them, but it was so much fun, and it was also really exciting to see an actual community library. 
which apparently was completely set up by and is still ran entirely by local volunteers. Listener Jane Lapper said that she teaches a small group of pre-teen ukulele players and they played their school Christmas concert last week. They were stellar, Jane says, and they played Meli Kalikimaka and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. So well done to Jane and well done to your ukulele players as well. Deborah Jo Painter says that her local ute group have been really busy too. They played at a gift fair on Sunday. They were lunchtime entertainment for two teacher conferences last week. And this Tuesday, they were planning on serenading commuters at the train station. So it sounds like Deborah's had a busy festive season with her ukulele. So I hope she gets the chance to put her feet up at some point over the next couple of days for a bit of R&R. Carol Goodman said her group, the Demugs Pugs, great name by the way, have been incredibly busy this week, playing at the Hungerford Methodist Church, the Bowls Club, a dog show, basically anywhere else that people will put up with them for more than 10 minutes. And Sue King says the same, saying that her club played at a local home for the elderly and also a local Christmas market. It really does seem to be the busy season for ukulele clubs, doesn't it? Personally, I'm only just sticking my head out of the parapet again for the first time properly since COVID, but I hope by this time next year, I'll have a few more uke events in my diary, particularly as I had so much fun playing in that community library the other day. Anyway, that just about wraps it up for this week. I hope you enjoyed the chat with Jake Shimabukura as much as I did. There will be another episode of Ukulele Tales next Wednesday. And again, please remember to let me know your New Year's resolutions. Until next time, I just want to wish you and your families and loved ones a very, very Merry Christmas. And until next time, I love you all and I wish you the best.